No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. Attention, Mech Warriors. This is not a drill. Repeat. Attention, Mech Warriors. This is not a drill. All Mech Warriors prepare for drop. Drop sequence engaged. Three, two, one. NGNG number 98 has cleared Bay 1 and is burning towards Somerset. Hey everyone, Darren here. I just wanted to say, first of all, a big thank you to all of our supporters. Whether you support us by listening to the podcast or through financial support, we are only here because of you. So from all of us at NGNG, thank you. And please continue to spread the word. If you have friends or family or anyone you think might be interested in MechWarrior Online or No Guts, No Galaxy, please let them know. And as Christmas fast approaches and you might be doing a little shopping online, if you're so inclined, please click on the Amazon button, link, or banner on our website and give a little kickback support to NGNG. It doesn't add anything to your cost and is a great way to support everything we do if you cannot or don't want to donate directly. Now, on with the show. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast number 98. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. Today is December 4th, 2013, and I'm joined by Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil. Hey, hey. And today's co-host, Brandon, a.k.a. Ketrakel. Hello. And Jason, a.k.a. The Centurion. Greetings, Mech Warriors. And, of course, today's guest, we have the, I would say, famous Jaeger 12. Tyler, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. I was going to say, uh, first off, congratulations, SJR and the Run Hunter Die. I mean, can you can you fill us in on that real quick? Yeah, SJR's in the, the final match, which is tomorrow, Thursday, the 5th, versus Swords Guitars. Been a It's been a good season. All right, so we're actually going to spam that tomorrow, because you're going to remind me, and then I'm going to post it on Facebook. Bam, so more people can watch it. It'll be on Twitch, so that's really awesome. So, Did you, you said live, yes? Yes. It'll be live and shoutcasted by a couple guys from QQ Mercs. Nice. And today's discussion topics are going to be private matchmaking, spawn locations, and of course, the new game mode that was announced and coming soon, very soon apparently. So let's go dive into the first topic, which is private matchmaking. Uh, pretty much this information was released Monday. Uh, There's actually a bunch of stuff released Monday, but uh, I think this is the most prevalent as far as what we're wanting to know as far as the you know, uh, clans, competitive play, units, mercs, you name it, houses. We want to know when can we do private matchmaking. And so this post was posted. And uh, Jason, can you go ahead and just walk us through, for someone who may not have read it, what what the post was about? 
Yeah, essentially they're going to break it down to where there are private and public ways to set these up. And there's some questions about how that, you know, what that functionality, how it's, what's going to differ between the public and private. But I know in the private ready screen, you're going to get to pick your game mode, one of the three game modes that are going to be uh, live at that time. The map, the tonnage rules, um, even out the teams, yes or no, which is interesting. We'll have to talk about that specifically. Uh, the match time and then the view mode that's allowed. Those are all going to be the premium match parameters that you can get. And I say premium because it looks like you might have to pay for those features or the person who's leading that room may have to be a, a premium member at that time. So we're talking something like basic mode and premium mode. Correct. Okay. So obviously we don't have any information on that, but what we do have information is obviously what you just touched on, which is the, the match parameters, obviously being game mode map, tonnage uh, even teams isn't this sort of what the community i mean obviously the community's been wanting this for a long time um the community run leagues right now would definitely benefit from this as well no more having to try to sync drop right i mean uh this is so this is big news uh, across the board i mean uh tyler when you first read this what were your, what were your thoughts oh yeah we've been looking forward to private matches for a long long time it's going to eliminate a lot of unnecessary time wasted on misdrops and a lot of suicides as well to speed things up. So yeah. now, obviously, with this, the big elephant in the room is the whole premium thing, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it really depends on how much of that ends up behind kind of the quote-unquote paywall. I was going to say, really, I don't know if it's an elephant in the room. I think they even said this way back when. Uh, we talked about this in a previous podcast months ago. I forget which one. But they mentioned that... Uh, to uh, I don't I, it was before the launch party it was before that and it was basically when they announced the whole sort of infrastructure for it I remember they, they we talked about this and they basically said hey you know there's a chance that uh, to host uh, you know something like this that person will need a premium account and they even talked about having a premium account to create like a Merc unit like they they said these things which really I don't think is ludicrous I don't think it's crazy um, and I remember we were talking back then that uh, that was the initial thought too. Some people were, you know, were a little upset this and that. But I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on, you know, what's acceptable, I guess? Looking at this, we don't know the details, so this is total speculation. Do you guys see a problem with basically saying to host a premium match, one person out of both teams has to have a premium account? Is that too crazy? Well, the first thing is, now I understand that this is controversial, but what I don't understand is if, if it's more controversial than everything else that comes out and is announced. Um, it can be 100% good news and it'll still be controversial. People will bitch about it. So is it more controversial than other, other stuff? And basically, yeah, we did hear about this early on. I don't have any point of reference. I don't really know any other similar games out there to judge this by. It doesn't seem like a big deal to me either. But I really, I just don't have well, the, the, the reference point. Well, let's break it down really quick. Just to be clear, what private matchmaking is going to do, and someone in the chat just hit this right on the, the nail on the head, is you're going to be in a different server or a, you're going to be hosting a different match outside from all of the other thousands of matches going on, uh, you know, as far as random matches and stuff. So I think what this is, is an incentive for people that obviously have premium accounts to help support basically the cost of all these different servers they're going to have to have. I mean, so if you if I look at it from that of saying, hey, one, I already have premium account. Let's be real here. Most of you guys do out there. Is that crazy to think like, hey, they're covering their costs? Yeah. I mean, is that crazy to say, you know, you have to have premium account to do that? I mean, what are your thoughts, Jason? 
No, not at all. I'm going to have a premium account regardless. This is just giving me more value for the money I'm already spending. I mean, that's the way I look at it. It, it gives me an opportunity to get, I mean, I, you know, get more out of what I'm already paying for. Might even provide an incentive for some people who are hesitant about getting a premium account because they don't see maybe the benefits of getting the XP slash C-bill bonuses. Uh, another incentive into actually investing into a premium account. What it really means is you're going to be the sucker that has to set up all this stuff before every match. Well, it's probably going to be quick UI interface, boom, 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 it's done. No, I know, I was joking. Well, the references, you were asking for a reference. Well, the references are all around. I mean, look at uh, the Battlefield series, right? EA now basically forces you to go through only X amount of suppliers for servers that cut out some uh, like a large sale. So basically those type of games, you, or let's just say uh, Aces, would have to purchase a server, right? pay x amount a month to host the server and some of them are pretty damn expensive by the way and you know for a big unit that's probably not that bad but that server would then be hosted by someone else to connect to and use the the you know battlefield uh you know server software well what pgi is going to have to do is that's all internal it's everything's hosted on their end so as big as mwo gets and as many people are involved with it there's going to be, I would say, what exponential costs going. I mean, it would it would be quite a bit. I mean, if there, you know, Brian said there's hundreds of thousands of people throwing community warfare that even may even go up even further. Now, I'd, has has it one of the deterrents of having uh, just regular servers in other areas right now been cost? And if so, then it makes sense to me that they're trying to cover their costs for basically having more servers. Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, the European, Australians. I mean, let alone they sort of get the shaft. I mean, they do. You guys that are in other countries get screwed when it comes to pings, host it, rewind. And if this means they're able to, let's just say, um, you know, open a server over in you know Europe, would that not benefit to help cover the cost of it? I mean, that's the way I look at it is if it's one person and in a premium match or is it one person per side? Is it one person per lance? I mean, those are the details. And obviously... Uh, it basically says um, if the match creator has a premium booster, details forthcoming, uh, so they have access to premiumity screen options. So that's really all it says is this premium booster, but we don't know what that means. Um, so is there any negatives to this as far as the private matchmaking? Do you guys see any negatives? Drama. Tyler, Jason, Brandon? I think it depends on the details you just outlined. How many people have to have premium to take advantage of it? If it's one per, you know, potentially 24 people that are going to participate in this one match, then no. What but about two? One each side? I think that's totally reasonable. I think it's reasonable. I think if you get one per lance or you have to be premium in order to, you know, you must, you know, pay the ticket right. to ride this ride, then you're going to get, you know, the tears are going to flow. Yeah, it could unfortunately uh, become a barrier to entry for new units that want to try to compete with others. If they're going to need somebody from their group of a premium accounts and they just simply can't afford that, we're not going to be seeing them able to compete if sync dropping goes away. Well, I was going to say, if it takes, I don't know, it'll be interesting because, you know, they mentioned possibly having to have a premium account or maybe it's this premium booster to be able to like create a Merc unit or something like that. I mean, again, the reason I say this isn't too crazy is at the end of the day, Someone, uh, if you create a unit, and I know we're getting a little off topic, but this has to do with the whole having a premium counter not. Someone's going to have to make sure the unit name you selected isn't something totally absurd, you know, or, or 
crazy. And let's just say if you have a, a unit logo, you're going to have to upload it. Someone's going to have to vet that, right? I mean, there's things. Well, who's going to do that? I mean, it has to be someone on the other end to do that. And obviously, <laughs> that costs money, you know, for employees and stuff like that. So anyways, I'm, I'm just wondering from, yes, could it be a hindrance to new people coming in? But how many people are in unit and how many people, if you had to set up that unit anyways with a premium account? I don't know. I think we definitely need need more information but as far as the private matchmaking it can't come soon enough i will say that secondly i think this opens the doors to leagues to do even more like be even more immersive and uh i know we talked about this last time with uh you know hopefully pgi does an api system soon imagine an api system kicking out data information to these leagues based and also on top of that you have private matchmaking i mean proxies run hunter die anything could kick off with I mean, it would basically be the community's community warfare, right? I mean, it's like community warfare ran by the community. I mean, it's I, I see it's win-win, and that would give PGI plenty of time to to work on what they need to internally. I mean, yeah, and I do have a reference point actually from the standpoint of premium accounts and, and a unit and a new unit or a small unit or whatever. Uh, World of Tanks uh, to do a lot of the um, the clan war stuff, manipulating things, uh, logistics or whatever, you had to have a premium account. And all of our officers in uh, World of Tanks had premium accounts to do that stuff and some other things as well that were required. So, and we are a small unit, I, so I don't think it's ridiculous. And, and you know, it's a business. They got to make money for this to continue and succeed. So I don't think it's ridiculous. We do need more facts. We do need more details to really have, I think, a good perspective though. So obviously the next topic is spawn locations and gameplay. Yesterday I started playing uh, during the, the Twitch stream and uh, Rafa Waffle joined me and he quickly brought to the point, he was like, spawn locations in the patch notes were very subpar. He was like, it was just like, it was briefly, you know, muddled over, right? Oh yeah, spawn location change on a few maps. This is huge to me, at least the gameplay and what I saw today and what I saw yesterday. But before I get into what my impressions are, I want to hear your guys' impressions. So first, spawn locations, impressions. Uh, impressions. Uh, Tyler? I think most of the new spawn locations have been created with Conquest in mind for those that have changed. And that's fine. Conquest is a great, fun mode. But uh, a lot of the new spawn locations don't make sense for assault mode because you're either going to need to fall back and reform with your group anyways because you don't want to get caught out there 4v12 if the enemy regroups and you don't. It just sometimes doesn't make sense. But for Conquest, on the other hand, all the new spawn locations are amazing, and I really, really enjoy being able to walk out to a point that the, the developers clearly want you to fight over with another group of four people. And it's really, really fun to fight 4v4 for a single point and then go reinforce the bid once you've won. Jason? Yeah, I would echo what uh, Tyler had to say. I think the only thing that I didn't really care for is the fact that um, if you're trying to reassign lances based on tonnage or roll assignments or things like that, it doesn't stick. Like, you're kind of stuck with whatever four people are randomly assigned to you at your spawn point, and there's no way to really adjust that. I think if you added that kind of a functionality, even in public modes, I think that would uh, be a welcome change. But so far, I like it. Right Are we talking just the uh, mech spawn points, or are we also going to talk about the conquest points as well, or...? All so of the similar. above. All of the above? Alright, where to begin? Uh, really love the change in general, especially in Conquest mode. Uh, the biggest one I noticed was probably Alpine, which I think is an amazing makeover for the mech, so it's no longer just a circle walk of death. 
But yeah, I think I think it's all welcome. I think it's definitely something that was very much needed for some some maps. For example, another one that sticks to my mind is uh, River City, especially where you got the they basically turned the map 90 degrees, and now the spawn points are in both cities. So now you're fighting for upper and lower, but you're going straight into the water right away instead of camping either higher or lower. So I think that the, the dynamics change and it's very fresh and new, and I think a lot of people will hopefully like it. Darren, what about you? Uh, I've been doing a lot of editing since this uh, patch came out, so I don't have a huge um, you know, experience with it or whatever. But like you were mentioning in the stream earlier today, it is one of the biggest in-game changes that's come in a long while. And uh, the few matches I have played, things have been you know, totally changed up and people doing different things because of it. And I always enjoy new, you know, big changes like this. How it all washes out, though, I don't, I don't know yet. My initial impressions were, wow, this is fun. I think uh, you're correct, Tyler, as far as the conquest, as far as you jump into action. What was it yesterday? You hopped in and we dropped on like Termaline and it was like five seconds. Shots were already being fired. And those Lance versus Lance, right? You had the choice. We were right next to Kappa. Do we go for Kappa? Well, they're going for Kappa. Well, do we want them to go for Kappa? Well, then we're going to go fight them. Oh, hey, here comes, you know, Bravo Lance or at least half of them to reinforce us. You got a fight going on. Oh, you know, it, it's, it's give and take, right? And I feel that the assault game mode, not all the maps cater towards that, even with the changes. And what, I, what I'm saying is what I think what may happen is what happens if they implement little scenarios or little things with turrets or whatever in assault to where what you were just saying is, uh, Tyler, is the benefit is still to go ball up death ball when you're in assault. Right. And don't don't leave that death ball. Right. Well, what's the incentive for you as a lance to stay away and work as a lance is that is that basically what you're saying is uh, those little things like there is really no incentive right now and if you do break off you run the risk of running into the death ball yeah that's right and assault is absolutely no incentive besides to scout or to try to ambush some enemies to break away from that 12 man death ball as you put it but in conquest it works great because there is an objective there is a reason to leave the death ball and you can't just camp on a single location because if you do that you're going to lose by points let me ask you a quick question, Tyler, and I'm just going to interject. What In the previous um, iteration of this, you kind of could stay in your death ball, <laughs> we'll use that term again, because you could kind of understand where people were coming from. There, there, You could estimate, okay, it's going to be one blob of mechs heading towards another blob of mechs, and this is the ridge line we're always going to meet them at. With the different spawn points now, doesn't that interject a little bit of randomness that you, if you, you risk getting flanked? Well, definitely on a map like River City, which has changed so much now, like Katra just talked about. They're de- that's completely changed up the map. There's not going to be the chance. And previously, it was something that was pretty bad about the game when you would drop on River City for competition. Is often one side, if it spawned on the upper base, would just camp there. And it's such a difficult position to assault that oftentimes the safe bet is just to let the timer go down 15 minutes, take a tie, and move on to the next map. Because you don't want to risk uh, just getting meat grinded as you try to assault that position. Now with River City, you're both not, uh, both bases are on the ground level. There's not a superior position. I'd say the position on the east is still a little bit better, but it's definitely more balanced. I would like to see all maps turn more symmetrical like that, or at least not given a very clear or great advantage to one team. And that's what we need for the competition to really thrive. And, you know, say that team on the the one river side with the the upper city, um, if you will, even if they go up towards the dropship to take that location, well, then they just give up their 
you know their cap point. So I, th- I think it plays out nice. I was really surprised to see that. So basically, the conquest on River City is pretty much the same as uh, locations. You spawn a little bit further apart as alliance, but not too much. But assault, and that's what I'm trying to say is like little little mini games or little things to to give you incentive to you know just work as a lance i think would go a long way but it's also tough depending river city isn't a big map compared to you know tourmaline alpine uh cost valley and stuff like that so you know you can't go overly you know there's not a whole lot of room to play there i should say all right so obviously for me the impressions i enjoyed it I was having fun. I think the changes were obviously a breath of fresh air. I mean, would you guys agree? I mean, playing some of these maps for, what, almost two years now with the same spawn locations? Was it nice to see that that difference? I think it was definitely a breath of fresh air. Even just like, well, I, when I first dropped on some of the maps, every no one really knew what to do at the time anymore because the routine was broken. So there was a lot of battles, which I found, or at least uh, uh, conflict points, which we didn't usually fight on, which was new and a bit exciting uh, to be just just fighting on different places of the map and discovering new stuff. I shouldn't say really new stuff, but kind of new tactics, especially when uh, Alpine, again, being the biggest one, because I think it's the one that had like the uh, biggest change done to it. So definitely where everything's all changed up tactics are going to change and they're probably still developing but for this brief period of jokingly saying uh, anarchy fighting is going to be a lot very interesting and very neat to see how things are going to develop i love when they toss a hand grenade into the game and there's that like three days of just complete chaos and everybody's basically it's like you know like you said a breath of fresh air and excitement and i like it yeah, I'm totally fine with this, as long as they don't give one position um, an advantage over another. But I would like to see it change up even more often, probably. Maybe even once every three months, just do short little, they can call them seasons if they want. Just change up the maps, it really will breathe Ooh, I like that. into the game. What That's if, really fun. What if you had all the maps currently, but with three or four different, you know, uh, spawn, and you know, depending on what it is. I, I have no problem with that, you know, and, and that's what I, what I like to see. And looking at it, though, what about um, what about maps that we didn't see any changes? What about can, can they do anything to Forest Colony? Can they do anything to, you know, Frozen City? Absolutely. I think there's always room for improvement and innovation and, and looking at, you know, which side and, make, you know, trying to make things symmetrical, as Tyler said. I think there's always uh, room to do something different like that and get, in, you know, innovative. I think the only time they wouldn't be able to do something like that on a map is if the map is too small. I don't think we have any maps that are too small to make changes like that. I got a question for you guys in regards to a map, and we're talking about spawn location and changes. What are your guys' thoughts on Frozen City? Do you guys see the cave really being used? And uh, I guess what I'm trying to get at is uh, I had this suggestion brought to my attention. Moving the cave back further into the mountain so it's not picked up when you're sitting right there on the ledge. I mean, how do you guys feel about that? We mean like the fact that you can spy the tunnel using seismic yep. by sitting still. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. Like if you bend it around so when you couldn't scout it from the outside, I think it would get a lot more gameplay. Just make the curve go the other way. Yep. What about you, uh, Tyler? Do you see any? Uh, well, currently with the map, do you see that tunnel being used at all? No, it almost never gets used in competition at all, and I almost never see it get used in bugs even. So that would be a way to get it to be used more frequently. But the 
problem is it's also so long and out of the way to get there, especially from the, the south spawn, the lower spawn, that you really leave your team hanging for a long period of time, and if you get pushed during that time, you, you're you sitting in the cave while your team gets grinded down, and then it's just you in the cave doing nothing. And I'm wondering it's, it's if... It's a risky maneuver is why it doesn't happen. I'm wondering if in pug matches, what we'll see then is like, you know, four spider or gender groups rushing to base and capping more. I don't know. I mean, obviously, there there are a few maps that I think, because of the size, like, what what could they do? You know, I mean, um, for instance, River City, you can't... Or not River City. Um, Forest Colony, you can't go horizontal, if you will, because the map is so... You know, it, it's, a, it's a long map. It's not a wide map, per se. I mean, unless you spawn in people inside the caves, you know, what would that do and spawn a group out in the water? You know, like, who... Well, then... Is the water at a disadvantage because it really isn't cover, or is it advantageous because they can pick left, right, or center, and they're not blocked by anything? I'm I wonder. Opposite. I wonder if making a spawn point out in the water would discourage those people that you know go AFK and let the game go for a while before they come back. I don't know. Okay, so one thing with uh, the spawn locations gameplay, um, we're about to dive in and ask Tyler uh, and Brennan about twelve mans, but what I really like about the changes is the fact that we know we're going to be getting weight matching plus elo modified when ui 2.0 and community warfare phase one stuff they talked about that and i feel like drop right now and if there's weight limits uh, as far as weight restrictions and all that fun stuff in the current i think it'd be really i mean just even better i mean how do, how do you guys feel i think like today we had a group <laughs> uh, a player uh, that we run into quite a bit He's part of SJR, um, not SJR, um, Smoke Jaguar, uh, Colin Ignotis. I've always run into him, great player, good guy, I talk to him a lot, but he, they always drop in groups of four assaults every single time. I almost feel like you add matchmaking, uh, weight to matchmaking, plus these new spawn location changes, tweaks to a few different other maps. I think it'll be great. Like, I'm just envisioning a solid, rounded gameplay experience that, you know, does anybody else, how do you guys feel about that? Yeah, absolutely. The having weight restrictions before you launch a game will be absolutely great. It, it does get kind of stale right now having to bring assault mechs to fights because same thing happened to me last night. I was just trying to play Hunchback while I was streaming, but we kept dropping against groups of nine, ten assaults over and over, and got old, so we had to ton up to assaults as well so we could hang in there. And it it gets kind of lame. So I would also like to see the weight matching go in. I think weighted matching for matchmaking would almost be a necessity. The sooner we can have it, I think, the more fun the game will definitely become. Yeah, I think they're all pieces of the the grand puzzle that we know is out there somewhere. And, you know, each piece that they add makes the picture look better. And and I enjoy this. And envisioning it with the other things that are coming soon, I definitely agree. The thing that made me really giddy is not just the fact, and it goes back to what we were talking about with the private matches, is that the tonnage rules will be in when that's implemented, but also with the private matches, the whole idea of not having to have even teams. So go ahead, take your five or six assaults. It'll be you five or six against 12 other people in lights and mediums that match the same weight. What I like about it, that is just from the league standpoint, right? I mean, Tyler, yesterday you were saying <laughs> you guys were dropping in some unique, unique mechs for proxies, right? And uh, that was different. And that's what I think is really cool is the fact that, like, you put context and logistics and the fact that uh, some chassis might be used and some might not. Now you can have those 
eight V twelves or five V you know twelves or five V sevens or whatever, different chassis, different builds. And one thing I really like about uh, running around in different mechs is I just like the experience, right? Like I don't care if it's min maxed to the extreme. I don't care if it's if it's what the meta is, if you will. I, you know, I want to mix it up. I want to take a, a large pulse and a you know a few LRMs or this and that, and just just because. And I feel like right now, still, just because you, you keep running into those pre-mades, running four assaults, you know, uh, you know the seven three three Cs or a DDC or you know two. And I feel like once that equation is taken out and there is weight restrictions put into there, I think it'll be even better experience for everyone, especially new players. All right, so speaking of 12-mans, are you guys going to have to change up a lot here, Tyler and Brandon? Let's go with Brandon. What what are you envisioning for uh, competitive scene in 12v12s? As far as, like, game modes or... Yeah, the new sp- and the spawn locations. Oh, geez, I haven't even had a chance to even take in... You haven't even considered? Strategy. Yeah, like the new spawn <laughs> locations and stuff like that. I haven't had time to... It's such a big mainly, issue. Mainly where I don't think... It, has anyone seen people take screenshots hits of... Uh, the battle grid at all for access? Well, I tried hopping in to uh, it's a known bug apparently to your training grounds and trying to you can't pull up your battle grid in training grounds it's a known yeah. bug so I was like oh okay so I went over to Smurphy and they have it on Smurphy's website but I was trying to get the pictures myself so I started taking pictures today dropping but I feel that you know Tyler I guess uh, you know obviously being competitive have you put some thoughts into this what does this mean for the competitive scene and what are the, the gameplay implications? Yeah, this is a pretty big shift, especially right before the Run Hunter Die finals tomorrow. We're after having to relearn several maps right now. We're kind of scrambling, and we'll be practicing it tonight as well. Uh, we would actually like to see these go in uh, next week, but and I know it's not on our schedule. But yeah, the new maps, absolutely. They're going to throw us around. There's going to be parts of the map that have never been used before that we'll see at combat. Uh, especially like on Alpine, for instance, I think the the south of the map is going to see fighting that it never previously did on assault mode, because it's just going to be way too out of the way to try to get to the old fighting locations. So it's going to be really enjoyable. And like I said before, I would be fine if they changed up even more often, just with a little notice beforehand, if possible. So is you're that gonna, is that going to throw a wrench in your your uh, kind of your game plan though when you have your lances that spread out? As far as, because based on the mechs that you pick, trying to match up your lances and get them where they need to be? Yeah, they'll be rough, and there'll probably be a period before each game where uh, the lances will fall back and regroup and then move out, which is going to happen until we're able to select where our lances drop, or what lances people are in before a game, but that's UI 2.0. Now, without naming names, I've been getting a lot of, well, I won't say a lot, but several uh, people contacting me with very negative feelings about this from the competitive side. You're, you're, you're saying that pretty much you're okay with it. I'm okay with it. I understand that it throws a wrench in things and people don't like the unexpected changes like that, especially when you're so set and now you've practiced it hundreds, <laughs> literally thousands of times. Uh, the same map, same drop, same movement. And I think this is just fine for the game, moving up the spawn points, as long as they don't make things unfair, like I said before, for one side. Well, I know people will adapt either way. Yep, absolutely. That's the name of the game. If you don't adapt, you can't be a top competitive team. Let me just want one more quick question. From a role warfare standpoint, do you think this uh, actually encourages aggressive scouting? Uh, 
No more than I think it did before. I mean, your, your scouts will move out. You just need to be sure not to get jumped by another pair of scouts. If your scouts spawn in one lance and they move out, uh, you might run into the enemies right away. You just have to be careful. But no more aggressive scouting than previously. You just kind of got to see where the enemy's falling back to, find the enemy's scouts, and engage where you're comfortable. Now, I was looking at the heat maps you linked. Uh, I've actually seen these before. They're over at Smurfy. I, I love them. I think they're fantastic. And uh, a lot of the times when I'm, I'm talking to people and uh, I, I make the reference of data-driven changes, um, analytical information, this is the type of stuff I'm talking about. Like every single blip you see is someone who's, you know, died or, um, you know, where on the map. And, and I remember, like, for instance, on the Forest Colony one that pulls up, you wouldn't have those uh, deaths out in the water near the ship that used to be empty like way way back in the day and these are the type of things that i like seeing because this is data driven and they can basically say hey uh this part of the map isn't being used so we need to do this add a ship add a you know some type of cover system and i really like that obviously i think not all the maps like forest colony i don't know how well they would do for you spawning in, in different locations or moving the spawn points um or capture points differently. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I would have no problem with them testing it out, though. And that's where I think public tests comes into play, where they could definitely utilize that. But uh, love seeing that type of information. All right, so 12 mans, pretty big implications. I did want to ask you guys about random matches, and that's public matches, if you will. Uh, random matches, you know, they talked about the ability to vote. You're going to have, like, three votes. Um, as a player, uh, when the match starts, uh, three different selections. Once you select that, it's hard coded and stuff. How do you guys feel about the public match uh, maker being able to like choose which mech you take and knowing what map it is? And I almost feel like that—that that is part of the the game balance, right? Right now, that you don't know what map. So if you take a balanced loadout, you, you're good. Doesn't matter what map you have. But if you take a you know specific like short range or long range or missiles only or you know close range AC40 and you get stuck on Alpine, you really have to work for it. I feel like that's an important part of balance. Do you think that'll mess things up for if you know what map you're going to get and then you choose which mech? Definitely not. I want to politely and Canadianly dispute this. I, I think having the uh, in, in the pugs at least having the ability to pick your mech and pick your map and stuff like that beforehand because it's going to be a community vote so you might actually vote so for example if you have three map choices be like crimson strait forest colony and river city for example and you pick river city and everyone else picks like crimson strait then the majority voted crimson strait you're going to drop on crimson strait so then you get to pick your mech for crimson strait i think it's just going to be um i i think it's going to be uh, a good thing in general i think it's going to add more depth to the game because now you're going to have to definitely be um, readying up different mechs for different occasions so you're going to have to have different builds set up at all times basically how I view it it's going to add to basically another la layer to the game and I think that's a good thing what about making it so that like let's say you vote uh, River City everybody else votes something else putting you into a queue for River City for people that want to drop that map pardon sorry or anyone you, you else. You say being able to queue up and say, oh, well, I only want to play River City. Yeah, like, I mean, I've seen other games where you can you can filter the server queue or whatever for specific maps, so why well, not? And that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's a part of balance. You know, you not knowing, and you may not get your choice, but guess what? 
you're a mech warrior. Tough luck. You got to adapt and overcome. Like that's, you know, that's the that's the thing is you have to work with what you got, what you're given. And well, that could always be an option too. Just quick drop, you know, and that's always going to be random. So if you just want to get into a match, you don't care. That's an option. Yep, true. Most definitely. We also have. Don't forget with the updates on Monday, we also have the public matchmaking as well. Uh, it works a little bit different than private, and uh, you know, uh, we'll talk about that. Obviously, it has you know information up there. But one thing I do want to talk about, and it's in our next uh, topic, is the new game mode, Skirmish Deathmatch. Are you guys looking forward to Deathmatch with no cat points? I know you're not, and I know specifically why. Why don't you start off with why you're not? The reason I didn't, en- I don't enjoy Deathmatch as much in a mech, uh, MechWare game is MechWare Living Legends, we had a lot of great competitive play. But what would happen is... <laughs> Um, when we had a death match, there was parts of the map. Tyler, you made a point of River City. You take that top hill, uh, top part. It's really almost impossible. Not impossible. It's really difficult assaulting that. Well, what would happen in these matches, some of them, there was a select group that we played. It happened every single time. They would go to a part of the map to where you couldn't flank left or right. And you had to you had to come at them. And they would just sit. They would camp. They wouldn't move. Kill zone. And it... And then what they would do is they'd load up on basically, you know, all long-range snipe weapons, and they would know. That's the reason I don't like Deathmatch as much. Um, There's another one, though. What? When when a mech can just go somewhere and shut down and... Exactly. Well, I mean... You spend ten minutes trying to find them. Yeah, I mean, and to me, that's why I like... Uh, even though, is it realistic assault, you know, cat point wins you... No, it's not realistic, right? Realistic is Deathmatch. But the fact of the matter is, is from a gameplay perspective you'd be able to say you know what fine you don't want to fight i'm just gonna cap and i win you know hey that's the whole you know so i want to hear your guys thoughts that's how i feel about it uh darren well i mean you know on a basic level i love the idea of a new game mode of course you know we've been playing the same two game modes for a long time um whether this is going to turn out to be my favorite yeah how many uh you know assault matches have you go screw this i'm not chasing the spider anymore everybody just go cap you know so what's going to happen here that's going to make that not suck i am actually looking forward to deathmatch i i really enjoyed the whole go in gun slug it come out hopefully in one piece probably not um though that being said uh i think there would have to be some and i've always been of this opinion that if you're putting in a deathmatch mode there has to be something to prevent people from just running around the, the corners and make them actually go into the brawl a little bit you probably still want some space for the light mechs to be uh, maneuverable, but you also don't want people just to run out into the middle of nowhere, shut down, as Darren said, and just hide hide the match out. A suggestion that's always popped up with this sort of uh, situation, uh, not necessarily for MechWarrior Online, but for other games that I've played, first thing is always uh, reduce the number of people on a team. So instead of being 12v12, whereas one person could easily get away and then you just lose track of them and then he shuts down so like make it like eight or four people entering into the deathmatch uh and then also reduce the invisible walls for the maps so it's a smaller area that you can fight in or even have your own special maps for it it might prolong because we know that the skirmish is coming out um this this month i believe wasn't it wasn't it maybe yeah the new map so. or no 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 uh new game mode i think they said skirmish yes. was this one. yeah so Definitely don't have time to make a whole bunch of maps or anything like that specifically for the game type. But basically, I think if you're going to do skirmish or something like that, it would be probably easier, I shouldn't say easier, beneficial to um, create specialized 
maps for a smaller and closer engagement to add more dynamic. I shouldn't say more dynamics, but uh, uh, more uh, prevention of people running away, shutting down, that sort of thing, to actually force well, the fight a little bit. Let's be real here. That is the extreme, and I know and I mentioned that. That is the extreme. We did have it happen way back when. What I see happening is more conservative play, you know, because you lose a mech. Yes, that is true with Conquest and Assault. You lose a mech, you're not out of the fight. But when you have Deathmatch, you lose a mech. That's a big deal, right? And let's just say you go down a few people. To win that match, you have to press the attack. Right, and then that puts you under a little bit more stress. So it, I think it'll be interesting. You know, I'm just wondering, you know, what what's really going to happen. I mean, I'm looking forward to a new game mode, especially random, uh, you know, matches. It'll just, you know, boom. Okay, hey, assault, conquest, boom, skirmish. I'll, I'll, I'm down for it. But uh, you know, it'll be Brandon, typical of a Call of Duty player to want to shrink the maps. But uh, yeah, I think Phil, I agree with you. There's going to be some good things coming out of it, and it'll be fun to see what happens once we've been playing it for a couple weeks. No, I actually totally Cal- agree with Brendan that a, a shrunken map would actually benefit this game mode because we've already had experience in the in competition where we did play a deathmatch kind of a drop. We went into drop and conquest because we absolutely could not hit our opponents in assault. So we dropped in conquest just said we'll play it with no caps. We drop on Force City, uh, Force Colony. First thing the enemy does is walk into the cave with all twelve of their mechs and camp it. And that was that was it. <laughs> they went in the cave, and we had to go in the cave and flush them out. We did. And then the very next drop, Tourmaline, they camped the ridge in the upper, uh, the northeast of the map, just right up there. Made us come to them again. So I'm not looking forward to seeing teams try to camp out a favorable position. It's kind of lame, and like you said, you had that experience in Living Legends. I think so. it also exacerbates the uh, the tonnage issue. I think until tonnage restrictions are in, you're going to see even more assaults. It's going to bring, bring bring all your fat boys, find a place to you know defend, and let's sit here and wait it out and play the the waiting game. Well, and that's what I was saying. I think that the game design you have to have like okay, so the goal isn't to currently in conquest and assault. What your basically your missions are to kill the enemy team, to basically outcap the enemy team. And to tie them. Those are your three options. It doesn't matter if it's conquest, assault, or conquest uh, or assault. Those are doesn't matter. You just have more control points with conquest. That's it. Those are the three. Those are the three things you have ultimately. Well, you take out, you know, cap. You basically have to tie, stalemate, or to uh, kill the team. Well, you need to reintroduce something, and that's where I feel like maybe turrets or some type of automated system to where if the players don't want to fight. Don't worry that the the game itself will or something like that. I, that's that's what I see happening. Exactly what you just said. We saw the turret preview. Could it be coming out at the same time? Could it be yeah, part of it? What I'm saying is, look at what he just said. Drop on uh, Force Company. No, I know. One team rushes in there. If this is even a random pugs, we're like, screw that. I'm not going in there. Like, and fill so the cave what, with turrets. That's what I'm asking you guys. Is like how you know. Will this be a good thing? Will it be a bad thing? Will it be a breath of fresh air seeing a new game mode? Or will it be, you know, oh, yeah, great. They're just going to sit in the caves. And there's no, you can't go win the game. Yep, yeah, I, mean, I, I wouldn't expect right. to assault the cave in Forest Colony. <laughs> 
I highly doubt they would do that. They would just sit and wait as well, and that get pretty yeah. lame. Which is why I think it would benefit if maybe not even use all the maps for Team Deathmatch, but take like the large maps like Tourmaline, Alpine, and cut out like a three by three, you know, grid, nine grids that the fight actually takes place in. And yeah. I mean, you can make multiple like you know little cookie cutter of that grid size out of the entire map and make people fight all over the place. And it's not going to be good if the map is huge because, like you guys were talking about, somebody could just run off and hide. And unless there's some kind of, once you get down to one or two mechs, there's some kind of reveal function. Like, I don't know, your 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 scanners are working clear and now the enemies are gone or something, so you can actually find your enemies without line of sight. These games could drag on for a long time and get really lame. Well, that's part of me that the sadistic person inside of me that's not a very nice is kind of laughing about this because all the time that I've played and it's LOL, Cap Warrior Online, give us deathmatch. This is my, well, be careful what you wish for. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how it's implemented because all the people that complained about secondary win conditions all this time are going to get exactly what they've been asking for. On top of that, to me, it's what's fun. And I've sort of been hesitant about team deathmatch and for those exact reasons we've talked about in the past so it's coming we do know that what i'm interested in is how is pgi going to uh, you know basically skirt that edge of are they going to implement anything um you know i mean just off the top of my head i mean you can imagine if they they do implement turrets why not drop a freaking huge ass overlord dropship and it shoots everyone that'll force the fight you know like I mean, there, there has to be something there. There has to be an incentive. There has to be a mechanic in that game that basically says, hey, they don't want to come out and fight, so we can win this way. And if you take that away, then it's going to be basically tick-tock, tick-tock, tie, and you're going to sit there for 15 minutes. Or is it going to be... And this is what I see what happening, in pug matches at least. You're going to get a few groups, pre-mades, they're going to drop. They're going to go to these locations... They're not going to move, but their pugs are going to be impatient, or the pugs on the other team, and they're going to Leroy, and then that's going to put whoever, even if it's a pre-made group on the other team, that's going to put them in a bind, because now they're down. Now they have to, or just, you know, take take the loss. For somebody who totally, totally prefers large maps, uh, I think the most obvious and easiest solution is what they suggested, which is just smaller segments of the map, and I think there's a lot of bonuses that go with that. Just building onto that as well, I mean, if you look at, for example, River City or for, for, uh, Forest Colony, if you even just cut down River City for Team Deathmatch to just the B2, B3, B4, C2, C3, C4, that's still a lot of area to move around in and maneuver, but it also restricts it enough that you're not going to have anyone running out and disappearing for the rest of the match. You know, like Forest Colony would do the same, same thing if you go C2, C3, C4, C5, and then D2, D3, D4, D5. Uh, you're not going to have people skirting out to the edges, but you still have enough space where you can move and engage each other. And I just want to be clear, someone just said, you know, the incentive would be the match matters because it's community warfare and to defend this planet. You're correct, Bleaker, uh, in chat. But the thing you got to realize is, um, will all random matches, pug matches, be influencing, you know, just because you're random doesn't influence some type of community warfare setting or, or you know, implication. But also... Let's just say you're, you know, SJR and you're attacking or defending. Well, if you're defending, you just sit in these locations and you've got pretty much a huge, basically, defender's bonus, right? I mean, if, like, the attackers are, you drop on Forest Colony and it's skirmish mode, 
they have to destroy you. You're in the caves. You have the advantage. They have to come in and, you know, you're ready. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying is, <laughs> Jason, you basically hit at this. You basically said, if it can be used and abused, players will do it. And we've, we've seen this time and time again uh, with the meta changes, right? UACs, boom, everyone has UACs. Oh, LRMs are totally OP with this patch. Everyone takes, uh, you know, LRMs or, you know, you see it. I mean, common gamer nature to, to exploit whatever you can if it gives you an advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think I called that Darren's Law earlier because every time I've tried to bring up something idealistic, he will tell me how somebody will inevitably exploit it. Now, I'm just old. I've seen a lot. <laughs> You know, uh, Tyler, what would be funny is if your guys' uh, match wasn't tomorrow, but it was like two weeks from now, can you imagine this for a second? Like, you guys have prepped and you've been practicing all the maps and all of a sudden you, you drop and match and it's HPG Manifold and none of the teams have practiced the damn map. I just think that would be sort of hilarious and it would probably lead to uh, an interesting, interesting fight. Speaking of which, APG Manifold, Russ, I think, hinted towards the 17th. That's he, he can, I think he said it's safe to say the 17th is the release date. And then I'm going to assume as well the Thunderbolt, possibly on the 17th, because... Unless uh, they threw in a curveball and do Battlemaster, but still, it'll be Thunderbolt or Battlemaster on the 17th, and then January will be the opposite alternative. Yep, or, and... Uh, Hero Hunchback. I'm gonna go ahead and call it. Hero Hunchback. Uh, I'm gonna. There's no confirmation on that. There's no internal source. I'm just gonna total speculation. Call it Hero Hunchback. Now, Jason Tyler, have you guys thought about a Hero Hunchback? Like, what would? Obviously, it's it's got. Five, we have five of them. There's quite a bit of them. Have you guys put any thought into what would make a good uh, Hero Mech as far as a Hunchback? I love the Hunchback as a as a platform as it is, but I have not actually put any thought into what's going to make it stand out as a hero mech that would make me pick it over anything else that's you know already in my mech bay. If you wanted to make it unique, it would have to have ballistic missile and energy because none of the Hunchbacks have all three. Or like I was thinking, uh, have a ballistic in each side torso and jump jets. Oh yeah, Sound familiar. Yeah, <laughs> I can just see how that would have worked. Um question for you guys and this may be sort of rhetorical because i think i already know the answer but we have champion mechs and we have uh hero mechs and this is going to go off our, our our script and notes here but how would you guys feel the community um like there's some type of contest for that i mean would you be would you guys the players know more as far as what the community might want how would you guys feel about like some type of contest where design the hero hunchback or whatever would you guys be okay for that? I think I'd be fantastic. And <laughs> I just came up with my answer, by the way. Hunchback Hero, what I would do is that little tiny head laser, that one little slot, I would increase that to three slots. Oh. <laughs> so you could dirty. put a high-energy weapon on a Hunchback. So basically you're making it a Hollander. Yes. <laughs> so pay to win, man. I, I completely agree. I think a contest would be really fun to create a hero, make stuff like that. But the only, the only thing I'd have to say is that you'd have to make it almost like a blind vote in a way, though there's always ways people will find out who's their, who's mech, but uh, I think that'd be a fair way to do it. As far as Hero Hunchback in general, I'm telling you, this is the perfect perfect Hero Hunchback is two ballistic slots in each side torso, and that's all it's got. Just four machine guns and jump jets. That's all I need. Well, in all seriousness, I, I think it's something that definitely uh, PGI could utilize. Like To me, the way I look at it is, it allows the players to be a part of the design. Uh, and who's best 
to, to ask the people that are willing to buy your stuff. I also think that it would be a great way for empowering the community as well, getting them involved. The same thing with the champion max, how it happens, their player submissions. I don't know if we, I don't think we touched on this, but what are your guys' opinions on champion max? Uh, Tyler, do you see an incentive getting the XP or would you rather have C-Bills? I'd much rather have C-Bills. The XP at 10% is not much of an incentive at all. If it was like 10% C-Bills and 10% XP, I think we see a lot more champions getting sold. What about you, Jason? I agree with Tyler. I think you did 10% both. You're going to see um, uh, more sales. I think the, the kind of the trap of the XP is that it's good for one mech, and then invariably, if you like that mech, you have to buy other ones. So now you have to do the GXP, you know, transfer. Maybe, maybe that's what it's really an incentive is: is you build up this huge XP bank, and now you have to, you know, hey, the next GXP sale. Now it's time to spend that real, you know, real cash on. Uh, converting that over. Yes, I would like to see uh, Champion Mechs be half of a Hero Mech. I think that's a good formula. Well, I guess, is there any benefit right now to, I mean, for even a new player, would you recommend them getting a Champion? No. I just want to say it straight out, no. There, there's I, no reason to spend the the MC and then when you could just save up a little bit more, maybe purchase some more MC and get an actual Hero Mech which would actually have benefits long term. I think they did a fine job of finally making all the trial mechs champion mechs. I think that was yes. a step in the right direction so that new players weren't completely gimped. But other than that, I don't really see much of a use for them, and I don't know anybody that's ever bought one. How about having trial mechs be XP, but uh, you know the purchasable being C-Bill or both? To me, the way I look at it is, at the end of the day, if they offer something of value to the players that the players want, guess what? Players will spend their money. Um, I don't know what sales are on the, the champions, but I don't see them as much uh, except for stock loadout. So I'm like, change it up and do like a control group. How about do a test? Do a test, uh, the BJ1. The, I don't know why they called it the Bam Bam. I, I didn't call it. It's the Bam. That's that's what it's called. Anyways, the Bam. Do a Seabell version. See how many you would sell. You know. And the way I look at it is, why would I as a player, an experienced player, buy a champion mech? I don't need it. It doesn't give me any any bonus for the the, the BJ one. Uh, it adds now. If you'd have said, "Hey, here's a uh, champion BJ one that gives you ten percent C bill bonus," yeah, I would uh, I would buy that because I use the BJ one all the time. Do you know how much extra C bills that would be for me playing that damn mech already? Like, that's how I look at it. I don't know about you guys. I think I think the champions, as far as designing their weapon loadouts and making them competitive based on what's popular or, or giving them a semi decent configuration, is great. Personally, for me as an experienced player, I'd rather you give me the opportunity to pay MC to put that 10% C bill increase on any mech that I wanted to, and make any one of my mechs a champion, where it's not quite the hero level. So if you want the hero mech, you still got to go buy that for the listed price. But give me the opportunity to buy whatever the hell I want and make it a champion version for myself. So even if it was the same cost, just be able to champion any. Not even no the reduced cost. You, you you're just paying. All I'm paying for is not even for a mech. I'm paying X amount of flat C bills to now be able to apply a 10% C bill bonus to any mech in my mech bay. I would probably buy six of those rather than one hero mech because I could put on anything that I want to play. What if it was MC? Would you, and, would you do a sure. flat rate MC? Absolutely. Because there's, there, there's mechs right now that I use that I would love it if I just could grind a little more C-Bills with them and make them just that much more effective. Yeah, because you enjoy playing them, but maybe you run another mech because it you know, gives you a bonus more, you know, like a hero. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, what about you, Tyler? I mean, would you be okay with paying 
MC to be able to uh, champion a mech. Yeah, I will. I would, I think. And that's something people have been talking about for a long time since Hero Mechs come out, came out. People were speculating that they would have done that by now, but I think that's something that lots of people would buy into. That's almost a MC to C-Bill conversion. Would you be okay with a straight-out MC to C-Bill conversion? Uh, no, I think that's... No. <laughs> they they want you I'm to not saying I am, I'm just wondering. So I don't have, I don't have an answer for that. No, sorry. Don't have an answer. Well, I mean, technically, if you really, really want to look at it, there's already an MC conversion. It's just terrible. It's spend MC on a mech and then strip it and sell everything off of it. I'm not, I would advise it, but technically, if you really, really bad rate of return, right, could, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, I mean, it's already there if you want to try to explore. Because other games do that. I mean, War they're Thunder not, does. They're and... not going to do. I can, I can. I would already. I'm going to go ahead and say it. They're not going to do a C build to MC. They're not going to do it. And the reason why is it's marketing. They're a company. No, no, guys. no. Other way around. <laughs> MC to C build. Um, I would love yeah. to get paid for you know. <laughs> <laughs> when it was obviously. A lot of cool stuff, I think, uh, you know, especially as far as the private matchmaking um, and as well as public matchmaking, community warfare, phase one, all the details that came out Monday. Obviously, I know a lot of people are like, hey, you know, it's it's words, words, words. We need to actually see it. Totally understand. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, one thing to keep in mind is they will be going on vacation for the holiday, as most of you guys will as well. So... December 17th being a big patch day, as Russ said on Twitter, um, I'm hoping it, it brings a lot to the table. Obviously, new game mode, new map, you know, possibly uh, concept art. Garth sort of hinted towards that yesterday. He said you will see new concept art possibly before the end in a month or something less. Awesome. Less uh, than 30 days was the quote. Yeah, now I'm going to say this month. Just to, but no hints as to what that would be? No. Uh, we have the spawn location, gameplay changes. Pretty happy about the patch. I think it delivered on gameplay, which at, at the heart of it, that's what's most important. If other features are going to take a little bit longer, gameplay is really important. Um, and then obviously the game mode, skirmish. Those are the only things, uh, albeit pretty big important things, that I guess we'll see in two weeks. And hopefully it won't be... Hopefully there's some type of mechanic that saves the day for a team deathmatch, or else it might be one of those like, oh, crap. Like, Painful hate, two weeks. Yeah, I hate this. Uh, you know, it might be something where I'm like, well, I'm actually going to switch from any to assault or conquest only. I don't know. But anyways, guys, don't forget we do have the Catalyst Game Labs Sword and Dragon starter book giveaway for week 23. All you got to do is head over to our website and uh, register, and uh, I think this week is... Hold on me, not before I open my big mouth. 24? 24? 23? 24. Uh, all you gotta do is post up your favorite clan medium battle mech. That's all you gotta do. Actually, it was it was asked by uh, Talus9 out there. He asked me, and I was like, man, this is really tough, because I have so many favorites. So anyways, that's all you gotta do to enter to win, and uh, yeah, that's worldwide, so good luck. I'll be announcing the sponsor giveaway winner of the uh, the Hunchback Plus Coffee mug um, as soon as uh, this is over, and I'll be contacting that person. So again, thank you again to our community, our listeners, new and old, and of course, our amazing staff, our sponsors. Hey, if you're not a sponsor and you want to help support, and I will preface this, we do need your support, guys. Like, we have TeamSpeak 3 to pay for, we pay for comics to be made and stuff like that. So if you're not a sponsor and you're able to, uh, you know, become one today. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy Mechware podcast. Signing off for tonight, this is Phil. This is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Patrick Kell. This is Jason. 
This is Tyler. Until next time, Mech Warriors. It'd be best if you avoid me. But I know you probably can't. You sense something is wrong with me. You can feel it on my skin. But there is more with it. Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever disconnected from you